0: It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I 35 with one
1: thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that safe. Oh, hey there, howdy. Here we are, big show for you today, Ross Ramsey coming up, and then we've got Hayden Pettigo, Uh, and I've listened to his stuff, he's great, a great musician, young guy, and uh, it's been written about, his acclaim's been saying, no pun intended, by the Texas Monthly as well as other publications, but here's the deal with Pettigo, Hayden Pettigo. He's gonna run for city council, has some of the weirdest commercials running for city council in Amarillo, a race that's still, it's it's next May, but uh, his campaign videos have already gone viral. Quite a character, a notable Texan. That's what we're gonna get into here on the other side of Texas. We broadcast from the Racer Car Wash studios on a Halloween evening. Halloween, it's 40, about 40 degrees as we broadcast now uh it is a little bit after five sun's starting to go down got that north wind it's wet and i don't know but i don't know about you but here's what i'm gonna tell my kiddos uh, if they start complaining uh and they invariably will i'll say uh, hey kiddos this is uh this is just santa's warning put them on behavior notice we are in the Racer Car Wash Studios, voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City. As you always hear me say, the best wash round guaranteed. Check them out, RacerWash.com. You have questions as we go along. You can text those in 806 745 5800. I was uh, a derelict yesterday in getting to text uh if you text in today make it good and we'll get you on Try to leave your name with that as well especially if you've got uh something critical to say not because i've got thin skin but because um we, we aren't going to throw rocks if you know what i mean um this halloween thing a little bit nutty for sure uh i am right now as as i speak to you i am in my ted mitchell Chancellor, Dr. Ted Mitchell, the apparel. I've got on the white collar shirt, red and black striped tie. Uh, I don't have on the lab coat with my uh, Health Sciences Center emblem on it, but I do have an amazing, amazing flat top going, which makes me think I need to put these earphones behind me so I can keep my my custom-made Ted Mitchell 3-inch flat top intact as we roll along lots to get into with Ross Ramsey coming up we're going to talk about the latest polling numbers if your interest has peaked in these elections and plenty of uh, you already are uh, some polling numbers on what the latest round of the University of Texas Texas Tribune polls have found and uh, if you've got questions of interest there go ahead and shoot shoot those to us as well and then as I said Brandon Pettigo. We're going to make room for a lot of good content. Stay right where you are. We're going to take a quick, profitable break here on the most talked about afternoon radio show in West Texas. Stay right where you are. About 90 seconds right back here on the other side. I've gotten a lot of texts from you guys since Monday. Whenever I came on air, we went into some inside baseball about the next speaker of the house and dennis bonnen out of angleton was put up by uh, by a meeting a, a meeting that uh, many members of the texas house have found surprising a meeting that could usurp the process uh, 150 members they vote majority uh, of the vote goes to the next speaker of the house but some some fantastic pictures you guys efforted really well and i appreciate this as we've covered regent gate lots of pictures of bonn uh dennis Bonin, who i like but listen we're in no mood for all-out aggie gear and these pictures i have are uh, pictures you guys have sent me of of bonnan in on the sideline hanging out at A&M games, full-blown A&M gear. And I just, I I don't think that West Texans have an appetite for, that's not the picture, I'll just say it this way, that's not the picture West Texans have in mind when they consider their next Speaker of the House. And maybe some West Texans, but uh, by and large, that's not what we have in mind after... Uh, watching regent gate which may or may not be done but uh, to see you know because the political consequence is that the next speaker controls what happens with it has a large say in what happens with the vet school where it moves where it goes and uh, his appointments do as well to different committees somebody knows a lot about that texas house is our friend ross ramsey every wednesday here on other side of texas help me calm down a little bit who needs cholesterol meds when you've got ross ramsey how you doing buddy
2: i'm doing fine that funny sound you might be hearing is rain um it's, you know the the kids in austin are gonna have a hard time tonight on halloween
1: yeah it's supposed it, it's raining a lot more down that way than it i think we're just supposed to have some uh, thunder this evening. But we've already had our it's just rain.
2: Sprinkling right. Now. It's just sprinkling right now. If I was a trick or trader, I would be, you know, uh, cautiously optimistic.
1: Yeah, but it's like 40 degrees and the wind's blowing from the north here, too, so good luck kiddos. I'm sure that we'll have to make it up to them. Uh, Ross, lots of new polling. I've already sent it up. <laughs> University of Texas and uh, Texas Tribune run polling numbers. What stuck out to you? What's the lead as you look through those numbers?
2: You know, the top line that everybody looked at first was what's going on in the Senate race. We have it at six points. We have the governor's race at 19 points. So we continue to have that interesting thing where it looks like if those numbers all hold, some voters are voting for Beto O'Rourke and then turning around and voting for Greg Abbott, which is, you know, sort of, I think of as the return of the swing voter in Texas. If that's actually what, you know, turns out to be the case, when we look at the final numbers on Tuesday um, The other thing that was really interesting Or a couple of things that were really interesting in the polls the, the flip in those two races Was independent voters Independent voters in Texas typically vote For Republicans in statewide elections In the Senate race They are leaning toward the Democrat That's O'Rourke uh, Republican voters are strongly with Cruz Democratic voters are strongly with O'Rourke The difference between The Senate race and the governor's race really is those independent voters um, another thing that stuck out what was percentage that of
1: independents are let me just interrupt for just a second what percentage of sure. independents are going Beto O'Rourke
2: you know I don't have it in front of me I believe it was 56 or 57 percent
1: okay alright
2: so you know they were they were a majority was on his side the other the other thing is that uh, Republican women have come home you know there was some noise in those numbers. There's been a lot of conversation about what suburban Republican women were going to do. Um, a lot of this came around the time that female voters in the Republican Party were uncomfortable with the family separations at the Texas-Mexico border, uh, You know, worried enough about that and concerning enough to the president that he immediately rescinded his zero-tolerance policy with an executive order um the women have come home they are republican women are in the republican ranks you know on everything from the senate race to the governor's race to even me too issues that we asked about in the poll so i thought that was interesting
1: Wow. so wow. what makes what accounts for them coming home was there a strategic attempt by the republican party of texas or or national consultants to get in you know there? i think
2: i think most of this is driven by national politics and the national politics conversation has changed considerably you know over the summer we did a poll in june we did a poll in october and in between you know at the time we did the june poll the family separations issue was rampant that was the thing in the headlines it was getting a lot of attention from the political class from congress from the president in the meantime we've had the um, conversation about brett kavanaugh and you know that nomination and confirmation, and you know the conversations that went around about that, and Republican women in Texas sided with the Republican Party and the President on the Kavanaugh nomination, and I think that may be one of the big uh, that may be the big impetus that brought them home. Hmm. But they are solidly in the Republican camp now.
1: Yeah, uh, Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune, with us. It's 2014 all over again whenever it comes to immigration and border security, it seems like.
2: Yeah, we've got a new, you know, set of issues that raise that as the what voters are talking about. You know, we talk about, you know, when you ask me about polling in the summer and what things, how things are going, you know, one of my standard lines is you have to wait and see what people are talking about when they're actually voting. And the things they're actually talking about now, like you say, are in some ways, the things they were talking about in 2014. They're talking about this caravan. They're talking about these federal troops coming in. Um, They're talking about, um, now we're talking about um, children born in the United States and whether those are automatically citizens. Uh, That's clearly um, guiding voters. It's also, you know, it's worth noting while you're talking about those things in the news and listening to the president and so forth, that when texas voters are asked what their main concerns are what are the biggest problems facing the state the top two remain immigration and border security and it's stronger with republican voters than with democrats so it clearly drives votes
1: Yeah. Uh, so i have to ask the federal troops coming in i just brought up 2014 what about 2015 is there any jade helm sentiment out there about the federal troops coming into the border
2: Uh, Not really. They're not here yet, and, you know, right now it's just a prospect, and it's, you know, it's a, you know, there's still a conversation to be had about whether there's actually a threat and what what those troops can do when they get here. You know, the last time we sent National Guard troops to the border, because of posse comitatus laws, you can't use the Army to enforce the law um, unless you're, you know, in a martial law position, and, you know, we've never been in that. And so basically they come down and all they can do is sit in tanks and half tracks and whatnot and call the police if they see anything or call the border patrol. They don't have the power to act. So there's a question about what these troops are going to be doing, what they're deployed to do, where they're going to stay, how much it's going to cost. There's a lot of questions about that.
1: Posse Comantata, that sounds like a ditty from a Lion King Broadway show. Did I just say that correctly?
2: Uh, It's posse comitatus. It's a posse comitatus law that basically is the one that says you can't use the military to enforce laws that ought to be enforced by police.
1: Okay. Just a simple guy from Hill County, buddy. I I wanted to clarify there. Uh, So, for people who are political dorks, Let's talk about what happened. You and I have talked offline, and I asked Ross a lot of questions about what's this, what that. Not not so far as political opinion, but just he's been doing this for the better part of 40 years now. And I asked him about an open speakers race, and I mean, Ross, you said, just watch for, watch for things that you would have never expected. And it seems to be the case that on Sunday night, there's a meeting, and Dennis Bonding comes away with 30 or so, 30 or 40 supporters?
2: Yeah, they're unnamed. So, you know, the first thing I'll tell you is in a speaker's race, if you're not looking at signatures, you're not looking at real numbers. Um, There was a moment, this is a true story, there was a moment in the 1992-93 race between Pete Laney and Jim Rudd where I got a peek at their chalkboards and the names that were on their chalkboards, and they added up to more than 150 members in the House. <laughs> there's a little bit of a little bit of liar's poker going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, you know, uh, the Bonin faction is claiming somewhere between 30 and 40 votes, as you said. They haven't shown the names yet. Some of the people whose names were purported to be on those lists uh, scurried away when their names were mentioned. So you know, it's soft. But what's really important is that it's short of seventy six and so they don't have a they don't have a win here yet they've just got a significant movement and you begin to see in a in a situation like this whether if I jump up and say I have thirty votes does that attract votes or does that make everybody run in the other direction and right now it's not clear that they've got more than the thirty votes that they said they had on Sunday you're trying to give everybody a hey, get on the train, we're leaving, you know, it has to move.
1: Hmm. It's been, I've had lawmakers call it clandestine. This was a clandestine meeting. Um, any context to what that might mean?
2: It means that the people calling it clandestine didn't know what was going on. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of private conversations. There are going to be a lot of conversations where people try to make a move and, you know, don't want to alert all of their potential rivals. I don't want to say enemies because most of these guys actually are friends, but they're rivals. They're you know they want different candidates here. They don't want to necessarily flag their rivals that they're trying to put something together. So there's going to be a lot of you know quote unquote clandestine movements. There's going to be a lot of secret conversations, a lot of you know I think there'll be if it's like every other speaker's race, there'll be a lot of double pledges. People making a promise to you know one candidate and also to another one
1: um that's the nature of these races uh ross one is uh i think one of my best decisions ever was to get you on the show on wednesdays because elections happen on tuesdays so we get you right after the election on uh, like after the presidential election and uh, just to be able to sit down and hash it out with you ross but what is your habit on election night like you sit do you sit down in your recliner at the house or are you at a bar or what what's your routine no no i'm in i
2: in. i'm in the newsroom there's a bunch of people scurrying around you know we have people assigned to this and that and you watch this and i'll watch that and you know we'll run them through this editor and you know, it's um, everybody's, it's all hands on deck. And, it's, wow. you know, I'm, there's no better place to be on election night than a newsroom.
1: So what's that configuration look like, though? Like, you've got 50 TVs set up, or what? what's it, <laughs> several different you get a bunch of
2: TVs. <laughs> I, you know, everybody has two or three screens open. They're watching, you know, everything from the Texas Secretary of State site there's some counties that, you know, they report faster on their own websites than they do to the state. So if you really want to see what's going on in Bear County in San Antonio, you keep a window on your computer open to Bear County's election tonight. Um, everybody's checking all kinds of things. You know, when you get a partial result, you try to call up a map of, you know, if you get a partial result on... Connie Burton's seat in Tarrant County you call up a map of Fort Worth and see which part of town is reporting and whether it's the Republican part of town or the Democratic part of town mm-hmm. you know everybody's watching all of those kinds of details so you can figure out what's really going on
1: why not Why not have you like on Facebook live like you're the Tim Russert of Texas politics just breaking it to us with your dry race board that's what I vote for
2: you know <laughs> You know, you have to know something to start drawing on a board. And that's the that's what's interesting about election night is that you're spending so much time taking in information that you know, most of what you would be watching on Facebook Live is the top of somebody's head staring at a staring at a computer screen. Yep. Um and every once in a while they would look up and say, Hey, something new in Fort Worth Um Instead of that, instead of boring you with the top of my head, which is, you know, only partially covered with hair, we'd um tweet and put on our website and put on our Facebook page every new thing as we find it.
1: Yeah. Uh, put it on the on the page there, texastribune.org. <laughs> Ross, you got one more big column coming up before, well, you got two. What are your next two columns about leading into Election Day?
2: Well, I'll tell you Monday's column will be um, the last hot list, sort of the last list of the races that are really close. And, and you know, my 25 races that i'm really watching closely on election night and the friday column you know if the way things are going it might be on the speakers race i'm still that's still
1: up in the air yeah uh... uh a speakers a speaker's story before <laughs> election day i think that was well when you know it?
2: one of the things that's interesting about the election is that we're electing the people who are going to turn around and elect the speaker of the house mm. and one of the things, you know, whether you're watching this Bonin movement or you're watching what's going on with Four Price or with Drew Garby or with, you know, any of these other candidates, Travis Clarity, you name it, um, is what kind of candidates are getting elected? Are there going to be more Democrats? How does that tilt the field? How does that affect the House? Part of the problem with announcing, you know, before an election or a week before an election that you've got the votes or you've got some kind of move to make, on a speaker's race is that the composition of the house can change and change in a way that some of the people who say they're with you might reconsider after the election some of the people who might tell you privately that they're with you might not want to be outed for that until they get elected on Tuesday so a lot can change in the next week on the speaker's race there's a lot in play.
1: the current configuration for listeners 150 house members 95 Republicans 55 currently and that will probably change um, on Tuesday. I think a good bet that it will change on Tuesday. Uh, Ross Ramsey, anything else I've left out here?
2: No, I mean there's just a lot going on. This is you know for political reporters. This is uh, this is Christmas time.
1: Okay. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, guys, go check him out. He's at Ross Ramsey on Twitter. As always, Ross Ramsey, thanks for jumping on with us here on the other side of Texas.
2: It's a pleasure, buddy. We'll talk to you after the election.
1: All right. Uh, All right. We're gonna get into it. Uh, get into the break. I think Ross was listening live. Maybe there. I'm. I'm flattered, Ross Ramsey. Actually, I'm doing. I'm doing a panel. I've been asked to go sit on a panel and in january for the urban counties and they're going to fly me down there and um, put me up in the embassy or wherever and and it's me and two other panelists and i said well who who are the other two and they said harvey Cromberg, who owns uh, the dot and ross ramsey of the of the texas tribune to which i paused awkwardly and thought you guys couldn't find somebody else (laughs) hey uh we're gonna get into a break and come uh, try to find brandon pettigo to be with us here on the program you're gonna enjoy this guy i mean once these elections are over and people start looking at local elections you'll see more and more about brandon pettigo no way endorsing i just think it's a great story and uh, it'll be a story you need to hear right here about 90 seconds from now on the other side of texas hey welcome back in to the other side of texas uh, appreciate uh getting into some text here in just a moment i'm gonna get uh our friend hayden pettigrew pettigo excuse me on the phone here in just a moment i want to know what uh, your kiddos are going to halloween as uh, Give me some ideas. I got two dinos. I've got uh, Zelda, not not Link, but Zelda. You know, time out. I had the other day. I mean, I, no, I didn't mention it on air yet. Taking the kids to school, we have the best conversations on the way to school, and we had uh, little Sam piped off out of nowhere on the way to school. They're just now coming online and beginning to understand things they understand the nfl we do math you know the cowboys are up by how many what's 19 minus seven you know that sort of thing and uh and they really like bo jackson and they like uh they like to watch old film they love tech mobile but they've been playing this game uh zelda breath of the wild and they love it. It's really cool. I mean, they get to play on the weekends. That's what the Leeson kids do. And so they're playing on the weekends. And we have. Um, I went and downloaded the other. We've been playing that nonstop. And I went and downloaded the original Zelda for them to play. And guys, it lasted like six minutes just six minutes that's all it lasted and back to the point um taking the kids to school sam pops off and he says this dad how awesome was it when you were a little boy and michael jordan was still alive and that was uh some humility maybe that he doesn't understand that once you stop performing um, you die or Maybe that just speaks to how old I am. Somebody who's not very old is Hayden Pedigo. Glad to have him on the program. Get into a little bit of your background here in just a moment. But, Hayden, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. I grew up in Amarillo. Yeah. And yes. in, in Amarillo, how old are you now, Hayden? I, I am 24. Okay. Just 24. You yes. are, You aren't fudging those numbers at all?
0: No, I am I'm twenty four years old.
1: Okay. Well let's set it up here, Hayden. You were in I'm looking at an article dated March 2017 in Texas Monthly. And it starts like this. In two thousand fifteen, Michael Hall wrote in Texas Monthly that quote, twenty year old Hayden Pedigo is making the most innovative audacious music in the country and that is 2015 and mm-hmm. then and then michael hall asked the inevitable question so why is he still in amarillo uh hayden pedigo we talk a lot on this program about the importance of place and seeing politics through your place and not getting bought into what's now just uh, such an eccentric and makes my head work uh, my head hurt national picture but just to stay focused on how your place works what makes it turn and what can you do to make it better what policy can and i find that intriguing that you're asked as as a you've got your own spot at south by southwest this year right yeah yeah so more than accomplish in your music we're trying to take a listen to that here a little bit but ask him why you're still there why don't you answer that question while you're still in your place
0: the reason i'm still in in amarillo and want to stay here is amarillo is a really interesting intriguing place i've lived here my whole life but every every year i learn something new about it and i think amarillo is unique i think it's beautiful but it's also kind of a tough place to crack and part of the reason i'm staying here is Um, I am able to create and write music and make albums and still live in Amarillo and be able to do it. I think the internet has helped change that a bit, where you can email a record label, send them your music, and they can put it out. You don't necessarily have to travel anymore. And I think it's important for people to stay in their hometowns as artists because you're helping to cultivate your hometown. I got tired of people treating Amarillo as a stepping stone, thinking, Amarillo is just a pit stop onto the final destination you're trying to get to or with your hopes and dreams, goals, all of that. And I think a lot of those things can be accomplished here. But I think Amarillo needs to listen to its younger population because it's important that they stay here and don't all move to Austin, Nashville, and Portland.
1: Or Dallas.
0: Yes, any any bigger city that they think has more potential.
1: Yeah uh Hayden Pedigo, I can talk all day long about um how accomplished you are but as a musician let's let folks listen to a little bit of greetings from Amarillo and then I want you to I can I can go through NPR articles all the stuff that we've lined up for this interview but I want you to describe uh your music and your style as we listen to this clip here okay and just instrumental. Yeah, yeah, no singing. Hey Hayden we're just gonna if with your permission we're just gonna leave that in the background while we talk yeah for sure do I have the artist's permission there
0: you do um,
1: yeah. so this album has greetings from Amarillo uh, what is described as 10 instrumental and ambient tracks that vibrate intimately ring out expansively and resoundingly justify his staying put there in Amarillo what do we hear about the panhandle in this music in the background?
0: I think there's something about the panhandle that feels vast. I think there's a, a certain type of emptiness that's almost daunting. But I think that's somewhat what makes it beautiful. I think it makes you feel small. The wind's always moving. There's like a kind of restlessness to it. that never sleeps. It's always moving in its own way. So as opposed like a big city that never stops with people, I think Amarillo never stops. Moving in the sense that the wind's always going, and it's just it's just large, flat, and almost feels like it goes on forever. And I think that's what I try to do with my music is, to me, it's peaceful, but it's also restless, and I want it to feel vast because that's the landscape I grew up with in Amarillo. But I live kind of out in the country here, and it just felt vast to me. I felt like I was on an island.
1: Hmm. Uh, it is Hayden Pedigo with us? Whenever I say Pedigo, you might hear me saying. Petty go, But it's P-E-D-I-G-O. If you want to go check him out. Lots of intriguing angles to get into here. I will say this about Amarillo. I really appreciate Amarillo. I, you know, I wasn't raised in Lubbock. I was raised a little bit north of Lubbock. And then spent a lot of time in Plainview. Sometime way up in the Panhandle. But doing a show about Texas politics. And all that's happened at Texas Tech. With Bob Duncan and the potential of a vet school in Amarillo and mm-hmm. a lot of political fallout in between. this is what I've learned well, I've always known this, but I've finally articulated it that people from Amarillo, uh, these guys in Amarillo, they're wealthier, they're smarter and they're crazier. Is that a fair <laughs> assessment? I would say
0: somewhat. I, I, I that's not too far off.
1: yeah. Uh, so Hayden Petigo, you've got all this music. Are you working on a new album now? I mean, what's going on on the music front?
0: The new record's finished. I, I have a new record finished coming out on the same label, Drift, Driftless Recordings, and it's coming out this January, two thousand nineteen. So it's it's already finished. That music's already done. Wait, ready to go. So so in-
1: now you have plenty of time on your hands and. Which lends to the next part of the conversation. Here is somebody who's well-respected within music circles in Texas, has all sorts of opportunity, and you're capitalizing on that with an album, Hayden. But you've decided to... I mean, it is... When did you first start putting out these campaign videos? Because your race wouldn't be until um, until May, of next yes. year. So yes. wh- what's the thought? How long ago did you decide you're going to run? And for context, let me say this to listeners. It's not like Lubbock or a lot of other communities or cities. It's They're all at large positions. And so mm-hmm. you've got your option of which race that you want to jump into. But how long ago did you decide that you're going to run? And, and what's the deal? how long ago and why let's start there. um
0: so essentially august of this year so three months ago because we put out the first video i believe august 6th of this year which it, it, it's kind of funny to put out an amarillo city council campaign video pretty much half a year away from when that vote will actually happen which which that was part of it i think there's a bit of humor in uh in showing up early but also it's a type of weird visibility you're, you're essentially campaigning in a ghost town when you start that early but i think that's why people kind of took notice to it was i think they were like why is this guy running for city council and that's not even till next spring so i think i think that's kind of where it started and especially with the fact that the videos were kind of absurd in themselves that was already a, a part of the picture i guess
1: i cannot play when i looked through them Hayden, I cannot play one of your... Well, first of all, I don't want to play one of your ads on air because, invariably, I would have to play your opponent's ad on air. Yeah. Okay? That's one thing. But the other, it wouldn't make for good radio because yeah. they, they are so visually driven and a lot of sound effects and you wouldn't be able to... Uh, understand, it wouldn't be coherent on the radio, but before I ask you, what's the method behind the the quote-unquote madness, with why, why run for city council?
0: Well, I guess my big platform, my big angle that I've had, is like I've said again, I've noticed a lot of friends, a lot of people my age, moving away from Amarillo, it's kind of like high numbers of people my age leaving. And I guess I started to notice, you know, Amarillo is a great city. It's a growing city. But is Amarillo really listening to people under 30 and wondering what kind of city they want? Because I think it's integral to have younger people in your city because I think that's a part of development. I think it helps your city grow and be more relevant and uh, be, I guess, be on the edge of what's going on. But I feel like Amarillo really wasn't geared towards that because Amarillo is kind of an older city and it kind of listens to the 40 and up audience. And I, I'm i kind of saying, well, maybe listen to what the people under 30 have to say, because there's a lot of really creative, interesting people here that are younger that I think are valuable to the city and should stay here and I think should be kept here and should have a reason to be here. I found my reason to be in Ambrillo, and I would like to see others find their reason. But I definitely think there could be something on the part of the city, you know, to say – what do these people think? What kind of Amarillo do they want? Because we know what the people 40 and up want in Amarillo, but what do the people 30 and under want in Amarillo? And I do think I could be a helpful voice in that because I am artistically, musically driven, and I've chosen to stay here in Amarillo because I genuinely love it, and I think I can create what I want to create here and not have to leave.
1: Yeah, so Hayden, i listen listened to that, and we talk about Texas politics a lot on this program, and uh, whenever we have the new census numbers, we're going to have a big fight about redistricting coming up. And yeah. we're going to lose a couple of House seats this side of I-35 in the Texas House. We're going to probably lose a senator as well. So that yeah. messaging resonates with me that it's, uh, some of that is youth flight away from <laughs> this part of Texas but why not just say i mean like again i'm not critiquing your videos i'm intrigued at the messaging is it just implied to you that you hayden pettigo have the opportunity to go live in austin tomorrow and to be well compensated for it but you've chosen to stay in austin why not lead with that in your messaging
0: well, I well, I definitely think I have. I definitely think I've angled it that way. Going, I think I think people understand that I am somewhat established as a musician, and there are opportunities everywhere. But to me, I see more opportunity here than I do anywhere else. I see the positive opportunity, and I think that that's my angle partially behind this. And I think even to refer back to the campaign videos themselves, I think people could critique and say my campaign videos are vague and don't try to. They don't. Say what the message is and they're hard to understand okay but part of that for me is I think uh, I think all of us my age are burnt out on politics and I think it's redefining the meaning of a campaign ad. I think it's changing the rules
1: okay so one campaign ad that you had is you crawling on the ground you measuring things I'm going to let you describe it, but it's been picked up. I mean, I think Reddit picked it up. It's been picked up by a lot of national publications, and I want you to describe it on this format on radio for people that have not seen it so that you can describe it yourself. But before you do that, can you stick with us over the break? Yes. Okay. Hayden Pettigo right here on the other side of Texas. Stick right with us. More coming up. few... Minute and a half from now, on the line with us, still is uh, Hayden Pedigo. So, Hayden, these these uh, campaign ads have really taken off. There's one that folks can go look up YouTube, and uh, you're crawling on the ground. You're measuring things. Talk us through the beginning and end of that ad, and maybe folks who are listening to the podcast can pull it up. Let's give them just a moment. Five, four. Three, two, one. Uh, describe for people what's happening in this ad and what the method is to the ad.
0: Okay, so essentially in the first campaign video we did, I wore an old kind of 70s style wool suit. I'm outside at a park, and when we shot it, it was about 104 degrees, so it was pretty hot. So in the video, it features me... Measuring random things, almost nonsensical things. Uh, I throw a metal chair. Um, I, at one point, I'm laying on the ground measuring a sidewalk kind of in an absurd way. Then, when you reach the end of the video, it's me in a field walking towards the camera. I set the folding chair down and put my foot on it. And I say, My name is Hayden Pettigo. I'm running for city council here in Amarillo. I believe that a lot of local small business owners out there are straight up getting bonked, and then the video ends.
1: Bonked so, bonked? Bonked, with a okay. K. Okay, all right.
0: And that, that's how the video ends. So essentially the, the first video got a lot of traction because uh, the video is very surrealist, Kind of tongue-in-cheek, has a bit of humor, Um, but also it's vague on exactly what the campaign ad is for. I had a lot of people ask me what the measurement meant, what the measuring meant. People asking if there was secret double meanings behind the videos. But essentially, what I told everyone is, I'm not going to act like I'm smarter than I am. There's not really any secret hidden meaning behind the video. I think it's just humorous to take the concept of a campaign ad, which I think generally a campaign ad is somebody saying how their opponent will ruin your life and what terrible things they will do, I think if you strip that away, you you start to just redefine what a campaign ad is. Because I think people just have a bad taste in their mouth even hearing campaign ads. I think everyone's kind of politically exhausted. So I wanted to approach politics from a different angle, and I think being a bit more vague has started more conversations for me. Because I've had a lot of people in Amarillo that I've never met before come up to me, And they say, hey, Hayden, I saw your City Council campaign ad. What's that about? And we end up talking about Amarillo for 30 minutes. So I think something vague can be a tool to get an important conversation started about Amarillo that isn't a vague conversation and is uh, rooted in deep issues and deep things that are going on here. So, yes, the videos are vague and somewhat absurd, but they are a tool to start an important discussion, at least I believe.
1: Yeah, Uh, Hayden, tell me... I know I believe that your elections there are nonpartisan on the City mm-hmm. Council level yeah uh, you care to delineate where you come from politically
0: Um, I mean I kind of again I think it's based more on what the videos are I I'm more of just kind of not specifically party-based because I, I'm kind of sick of party-based politics and I do believe that something as Uh, city council, like you said, it's not party based. These aren't issues that are like heavy party issues. I think they're city issues that affect everyone. And I think they're more generalized to every demographic because this affects all of us just on a city level. So I don't think it has to be party based at all. You know, so that's probably what I would say where that, where that sits at and where I sit at politically
1: yeah uh here every everybody from amarillo i have on the show i've asked uh, kel seliger this question i've asked others this question the burning question for a lot of us uh, who live outside of amarillo is what should the name of the new minor league baseball team be and uh more specifically do you support sod poodles
0: Um, I mean honestly at this point with what's been given I've noticed that Emerald residents, especially younger have honestly kind of uh, adapted to sod poodles I think just because they realize how absurd it is and I think at this point I think it's kind of like whatever let's do the goofiest thing possible so at this point I think it's probably sod poodles just because I think everyone's just embraced it um, for some reason and uh, I think that's just where it's at right now
1: yeah um minor league teams are notorious for having absurd names and yeah. i mean it's just if you go and you just look i'm just thinking about some off the top let me I'd, I'd have to effort on that in my my small head for just a moment but i mean there are a lot of really random names to minor league teams and you know i've made this point um uh, thank you uh daniel just sending this um, the Iron uh, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Wichita Wingnuts, the Orem uh, that's not weird Owls, El, pa- El Paso Chihuahuas, um, the Modesto Nuts, the uh, Tin Cap the uh, Fort Wayne Tin Caps, um, yeah, I think that you can make a case for making uh, so far as marketing is concerned, go for the wildest thing yeah i hope you stick out it's not like we're saying let's name let's name west texas a&m rename west texas a&m uh the sod poodles we're talking about a minor league baseball team yeah yeah exactly so i've got you on record supporting the sod poodles hayden i mean sure yeah i mean i'm i don't
0: think that's too big of a deal
1: yeah Uh, something else that would impact the local economy in Amarillo let's draw out to state politics but it's certainly important where you are Uh, tell us what if any thoughts you have on the vet school uh, there the Texas Tech vet school there
0: I think that would be great I mean I I think that brings more innovation and opportunities to Amarillo you know because I think people can argue about a baseball stadium about the merits of it of whether we need it or whether we not because because it is entertainment based so I think there's more room to argue but I do think if something is uh, progressive innovation on schooling or job opportunities or any type of training or any type of trade or any skill I think yes I, I, I support it
1: okay well um, I hope that we have you on a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. Hayden is yeah? It, you know I, uh, I will tell you this I owe your opponent some time whoever that opponent have you whoa whoa have you well, you've declared, have you signed paperwork yet? No, I can't sign until January okay that, that's my fishery starts is in January. okay, so I'll have to check in with whether or not I'm obligated to have your opponent on not that I would have a problem having your opponent on. I just mm-hmm. uh, I I have a lot of candidates on the show who reach out to me uh, in this case given uh, given your resume, we reached out to you and I certainly appreciate you taking time. Hayden Pedigo, again, it's P-E-D-I-G-O. You can go to Apple or wherever you buy your music, or go to uh, YouTube. You can see his videos that a lot of people are talking about, and listen to some good music as well. Hayden, we appreciate your time.
0: Absolutely, thanks for having me on. All
1: right, Hayden Pedigo, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate man. That was uh, some good stuff there. Appreciate him making time. Uh, I'm going to make some time tonight. Jump off with you a little bit early because I've got uh, two inflatable dinosaurs. I've got uh, I, I can't remember what Charlie's wearing. And my four-year-old and uh, Grace, and it's cold, and Mom needs some help. So I'm going to bail with you now because I got a great family and above average candy but wait till they go to bed and see the damage i do Um, just wait and see what i do there tomorrow on the program we are going to have mike stevens the high plains pollster talk about some local and regional races and what the turnout numbers mean he tracks this all very closely we'll have him on and also our friend chris level red raider sports to talk about the big game this weekend finally finally a night game at jones stadium chris level will be with us tomorrow about 15 minutes into the the program episode however you're listening and then he'll be followed by mike stevens so until next time my friends you know what i like to say Rave on, buddies. Rave on. We'll see you next time on The Other Side of Texas.